Welcome to Central Coast Voices, a program that addresses the challenges faced regionally for and consequences of change and how today's choices impact tomorrow's community. This program is an extension and a production of Action for Healthy Communities and provided in collaboration with KCBX. November 17th is Children's Grief Awareness Day. Today's host, Chris Kington Barker, and her guests will be having a discussion about the needs of grieving children and the benefits they obtain through the support of others. You are invited to join Chris and her guests in today's conversation. You can call in your questions to be a part of the discussion at 805-549-8855 or email them at voices at kcbx.org. Over to you, Chris. Thanks a lot, Kim. Many people don't realize that it can take children much longer to deal with their grief than we expect, and that the amount of inner turmoil can be much more intense than is often visible on the outside. But children are not just little adults and don't process grief like an adult. So how do we reach them, especially young children? The voices with me today are going to speak to this question and others about grief in children. And my guests today are Nancy Ballinger, retired marriage and family therapist and published author of Two Brave Cubs, Finding Help When Children Grieve. It's a beautifully illustrated children's book about grief. And the book is also available in Spanish. And we'll be talking more about that. Orquidia Frausto is here. And Orquidia is a family child care manager for Community Action Partnership of San Luis Obispo or CAPSLO. And uh, Arcadia and Nancy, welcome. Welcome to both of you. And especially, you know, I, I love that in November we have a special day to really hone in on the fact that children do grieve um, differently. And it's a time that we can on this show kind of bring that to highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like to talk um, about how that shows up because it, um, you know, there there aren't... There aren't a lot of people that are real familiar with how children grieve. And Orkidia, I'm glad you're here too, because different children from different backgrounds, from different kinds of circumstances that they're grieving about, uh, grief is not grief is not grief, right? Mm -hmm. So there are different kinds. So um, I'm going to throw out to you, can you talk a little bit about how is it that children's grief shows up differently than an adult. And Nancy, I'll start with you. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were starting with Orchidia. I was going to tell you that. Hi. <laughs> Don't do that yet. I not do that yet. Well, so what I'd like, could, could I take a step back? Just of course. And say that it was just three years ago, almost exactly three years ago, that you and I were on this program talking about National Children's Grief Awareness Month and Children's Grief Awareness Day, and that was right before COVID. That's right. And the enormous- you're right. It was like the month before, wasn't? It? No, yeah. it was just when it started to. Yeah, we we didn't blossom. we didn't know about it yet. You know, it was in November, and then everything you know started happening the first Boy. year. Yeah, so. Since then, you know, sadly, things have gotten 
even more difficult for children and families. I just saw a statistic that said more than 250,000 children, it just brings tears to me, have lost a, par- have lost a primary caregiver. Yeah. And so that's what um, we're really talking about is that all the losses, they've lost their homes, they've lost going to school, they've just had loss upon loss upon loss. And so that's why this year, three years later, it's even more important that we really step up as adults and acknowledge the enormity of loss that children have suffered. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the I, I statistically, I read one this morning that daily 359 people in this country on average are dying a day still you know this isn't the height of the pandemic anymore and people of color you know the latinx the the black communities have been disproportionately affected by um by covid mm-hmm. yeah and and in addition to COVID, for example, my my sister died last year, and she did not die from COVID, you know. And so there are all the people who are dying from other diseases and accidents, and those children are also once again forgotten because I, they're not part of what seems to be going on. Yeah, so, so I think you make a good point. This is in addition to what people were already seeing. Yeah, thank you for taking a moment to do that. I appreciate that, yeah. So what was your original question? The one before (laughs) you went to sleep? Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna love having you on the show, I know. Um, It was about how does does grief show up in children? How how does it really show up so that uh, it looks different? And um, so, so you're asking how, how things are different with children and adults. Uh, and I think Orchidia and I can both speak to this. Right. Because we recently have done lots of trainings with lots of adults who work with children. And, um, and they're, they, they've given us feedback. So the main difference, I, I think, is that adults have, have lived a life and they have a life, they have work, they have friends, and they're devastated, you know, when they have a loss. But children, their whole world explodes They're, when they lose a parent or a primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't have any, any skills to deal with it. And the adults just uh, assume that they'll just be fine and they're so resilient and they're not old enough to understand and so, you know, we don't want to talk to them about it, but they do talk about it in front of them, which right. then makes it all the more frightening to the children because their life is completely out of control and nobody's acknowledging that they've had this enormous loss in their life. And I want to say right now that it's not because adults don't care about children, don't love children. They have their own ungrieved losses, perhaps, and they have the best of intentions to, to spare the children from their grief, but they're not sparing the children. All they're doing is um, making it worse, and, and so there's loss upon loss, again, that 
that they're not even acknowledged. Mm. You want to say something, Orchidia? I do. That was so beautiful, Nancy. Um, and thank you so much for allowing me to be part of this conversation. Um, I think it's so important that we um, also realize that children, um, because they have a lack of experience, like you mentioned, it, and, and they have quite a bit of imagination, they can try to, by what they have previously experienced, try to make sense or understand of what's currently happening and of, of any type of loss, right? We obviously think about grief and a primary caregiver, um, you know, having having died, but there's so many changes that can happen that also, you know, provide this, this type of experience to children. And if they're not familiar, they don't have the support or the tools like an adult does to cope and um, and self-regulate in a way that it can be healthy. It can cause a lot of um, discomfort and a lot of um, anxiety for a child. And then that's when we see, for example, in the in the two breakups, the the different type of um, behaviors that come with this type of of experience of loss or grief. So um, yes, we in our work together that we have done with Nancy we have heard testimonials and stories about adults that experience loss as children and the adult in their lives never had the time to talk to them or explain to them. And they, um, you know, told the story of them imagining the worst of the worst because they really didn't know what was happening. And I often think about that. Um, if my daughter is supposed to be here at 10 and it's 10.01, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what happened? <laughs> so our imaginations can often take um, over our thoughts and, and help us not be rational about, you know, what's what's happening. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think an illustration of what you're talking about, Orchidia, is with an adult, we're able to process death as being part of a, a life and um, cycle process. Not that we, not that it isn't painful, not that it isn't, you know, horrible uh, to suffer a loss from a death, no matter what it is. But with a child, an example might be that. Um, they had a parent who got angry at them mm -hmm. and they remember the parent being angry with them mm -hmm. for something they did that day. And then the parent didn't come home from work because they had a car accident and the, you know, the child can process that I made my parent angry and they didn't come home anymore. And it's my fault. And while to an adult, they can reason through that. They may feel that tinge of guilt, but they can process out of it. A child doesn't have the tools to do that. Um, and those things can linger, right? Yeah. I think you also said something really important earlier. You said um, conversations are still happening around children mm -hmm. so they've they've lost someone that they really love and nobody has taken the time to sit with them look at them in their eye hug them hold them let them know you're safe with me you know we're going to get this through together but 
they're, you know, the adults are, are, are dealing with their own emotions yeah. and they're having their own conversations and the child is just left trying to put together pieces and trying to use their experience to understand what is happening. And I think that that's why it is so important to have these conversations among adults, um, you know, that we can understand the process and we can then um, be able to share some of this knowledge with the community um, in case it's needed. Yeah, and I've had adults that have said, you know, that they've made their best efforts mm -hmm. to try and be brighter and, and not show the sadness and not show the despair. And I ask you, isn't that a little bit like gaslighting too? I mean, isn't that a bit off-putting for children that how they're feeling and what they pick up doesn't resonate with what they're being told? That's one of the most important, another important, there's so many most important things, but uh, an important part of children feeling safe is if adults are authentic and to mm. the best of their ability. So perhaps they have lost a spouse through divorce or they have lost, you know, um, someone through death or something like that. And so they're, they're doing their best to cope. But um, if they can, if they can authentically say to their child, mommy's having a really hard time today and it's because I'm sad. Well, now you've given them a word, two words, hard time today yeah. and sad. And then the little one can say, me too, you know, and it's like a, a little bite. That's why I wrote Two Brave Cubs the way I did. I wrote it in response to a family that came to me when I was the children's bereavement counselor at Hospice of Slow. I wrote a little story 20 years ago just for this family because they had a death of the mother and no one in the family was talking to the children about it. And it was a story that I had seen over and over and over in my years working at hospice was that no one was talking to the children. And so I wrote the story for the adults, really, primarily, written from the child's point of view. So the cubs and their lion daddy and mommy, you know, community, um, to, give, to give voice to, to children so they can see through illustrations what it looks like and they can see themselves. That's why it's about lion cubs is so that all children can see themselves in, in these characters and the adults can see themselves. The dad doesn't do a great job. And so adults who are feeling bad about themselves, the dad says, I don't know what to say. I think I even make things worse. Uh -huh. And so it's told in that way so that as Orchidia said, um, we can see that one of the cubs acts out and punches people and the other one withdraws. And so we're trying to give bites to children and bites to adults. It's not a 300-page book about children's grief. Right. It's an illustrated children's picture book that, that just looking at the pictures, one of the other good things about that is if it's not mom who has died, but grandma or dad or aunt, you know, um, you can make the, the book work for any about anything. Loss. Yeah, right, right. And mama's sick, but maybe mama's depressed, or maybe in the in the true story, mom had a, a drug addiction. Right, right. 
but it gives um, it gives adults a little beautiful book to use with children to give them words and to give them validation for what's going on in their family. And isn't that the important part? I mean, the fact that we don't talk to children is because we don't know what words to use. Mm-hmm. So it seems really helpful to me to have a book that can be done in a way that is a natural communication between a parent and a child, which is a story. Mm-hmm. To read, to look at pictures, to mm-hmm. have a conversation, and to make up side stories or to mm-hmm. weave in real stories from us into what we're seeing on the pages. Tell, tell the story about what someone said, Orchidia, at that training about the elephant, because there's a very helpful elephant in the story. Yeah, I think we were, we were at the first conference we did together. Yeah. Um, Nancy and somebody um, just shouted out. We were we were talking about the story and and the different parts. And somebody's like, oh, "Nancy, were you the elephant? Were you the elephant?" <laughs> <laughs> what did the elephant do? Well, the elephant is 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 Nancy is the person that comes into the family. Oh, and- but um, it's so beautiful because. <laughs> We see this in all of us. We can all, oh gosh, no, none of us can be Nancy ever, but we can try. We can try to help, um, you know, we can try to help others. We can try to understand um, what, what what families are going through and then giving them support and giving them the tools to, to help children understand. But one of the beautiful, fascinating things about this book and just experiencing it, um, we had about um maybe 300 people um attend between both between those both conferences is that you are able to help yourself as an adult when you're trying to process and help a child so we had experiences of children and i think i mentioned this a little bit earlier of adults that came and said when i was a child this happened to me or, you know, I'm going to give this book to someone that I know that is experiencing deporta- deportation. Their family, their dad got deported. Their mom got deported. When we think about foster care and where children are, are being um, taken away from their homes um, because their homes are not, you know, considered safe or whatever the reason might be. These are all changes that children go through that can be very, very hard for them to understand. Mm-hmm. So um, like Nancy said, I love the fact that it's that is this book can be applied to different scenarios that children go to through um, and and find the the Nancys in our in our life in our community mm-hmm. that can help us process and help and uh, process and um, develop the skills to support our children and, and the people that are going through the process. And re- uh, remember what I said right after that? They said, is that you? And I said, yes. And I held the elephant up. And then I said, no. I mean, it, one, yeah. I am, but all of you are. All of you are people who, because all that um, the elephant really does is she, you um, she sits down and she talks to them and she tells them it's not their fault mm-hmm. and that they're not alone any longer. And 
you know, you don't, some children need a professional, but it's actually a very small percentage of grieving children need to see a professional. Most children, if they just have loving, caring, supportive adults around them, whether, like I said, it's their neighbor or their aunt or their uncle or whomever, you know. Um, so everybody is is uh, that. Yeah. That, that oh, I love I love that. I'm Chris Kington Barker with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX. You're. Central Coast Listeners Supported Radio Station. The voices with me today are Nancy Ballinger, retired marriage and family therapist and author of Two Brave Cubs Finding Help When Children Grieve, an illustrated children's picture book about grief and also available in Spanish. Orquidia Frausto, Family Child Care Manager for Community Action Partnership of San Luis Obispo, or Capslow, is also the second voice. And we invite you to bring your comments about today's topic into the discussion or questions for Orquidia and Nancy to do that call 805-549-8855 or you can email them to me at voices at kcbx.org. So let's talk a little bit about, um, there's the book, Nancy, that Mm -hmm. you wrote and um, that Nancy Adams illustrated and you had Marcy, Nancy, (laughs) Marcy Adams illustrated and you you had collaboration with others. Yes, Julie Frankel Mm -hmm. was the graphic artist and Letitia Perez Grover did the translation and then she also wrote, read the, uh, we have videos now of the story being read. Oh, great. Yeah. And that's on the website, Two Brave Cubs? TwoBraveCubs.com. Right. So I read it in English and Letitia reads it in Spanish. It's just wonderful. so beautiful. Yeah. And then Lena Thomas, of course, was the person who uh, asked me to write a book and who then published the book and has just been the um, heart and soul. All, all, everyone has done everything for free. It's all, everything, a work of love. And your hope when you and I talked, mm-hmm. um, which was not too long after the book got published right. initially, was that you'd be able to find a way that people could get this into the hands in public forums to yeah. adults and children who could use it for the benefit of learning about grief. How did how did the relationship with Capslow start, and what is the relationship? How are you using it? And that's to both of you. Go ahead, Nancy, and I can follow. You want me to start off? <laughs> yeah, you start off, and then I'll so, follow. Okay. Uh, when I worked at Hospice of San Luis Obispo, and when I wrote this story for this family, I had this wonderful intern that worked there who was named Melinda. And Melinda has become the, uh, what is it? The division director? What is it? Is that it? Yeah, the division division director. The division director for Children, Youth, and Family Services. Right, at Capslow. And so um, Melinda and I sat down together, had a cup of tea. I showed her the books. She said, I want this to support 
my staff, my staff, this was after, mm. after COVID had begun. She said, my staff are so stressed out and I want this book to support my staff. And so then the rest was figuring out how to do that. And I just got, uh, just talked to the person who, oh, Karen Ray, who does all the, the real, she calls it the nerdy stuff, but it's the stuff that it wouldn't be happening without the nerdy stuff. She said that we've sold over a thousand books. We've So over a thousand books are now in the hands of people through Capslow. And we've given away over 400 books to individuals and organizations, and then a big 150 from Amazon. So turns out that um, if you do the math, there's over 1,500 books out in the world, primarily through Capslow, our affiliation with Capslow, our, our partnership. And it has been such a partnership that um, I, I can't say how, how much I, I appreciate how that's happened because marketing at, you know, one and two and three at a time, it wouldn't have happened. But Melinda and I having that conversation and then the, uh, the managers like Orchidia just picked it up and ran with it. So now I hand it back to you, Orchidia. So how are you, what, what was the vision about using the book with adults first and what was the outcome? Yeah. Um, so the vision was I, I, again we're we're trying to bring light into this topic. So Community Action Partnership of San Luis Obispo Caps Low um, serves families of um, low income families, and uh, we have a huge portion of migrant community. So um, primarily Hispanic that um, have migrated to the United States or migrate in. Um, in, in, in working in agriculture. So there's a lot of moving parts that they move a lot with migrancy. Um, so they're, they're definitely, um, families are extremely vulnerable, I think, to just understanding in the process of difficulties or, um, or struggles. Um, and the resilience part, I think, comes in really handy because you do build resiliency, but how do you then support um, with more of a of a structure? So Melinda um, reached out to me and said, "I um, I help host uh, family child care providers. So we we hold a conference for family child care providers once a year, and we bring." Um, speakers into the conference and Nancy was one of the speakers. We had a conference in Bakersfield and um, we had another conference in Salinas and those two conferences were in person and the audience were family child care providers. So they are contracted um, small business owners that care for children in their home and obviously they're all, all the elephants, right? They're all the Nancys mm-hmm. um, and really trying to help them have the tools to support children um, that may be experiencing grief. Um, in addition, I, I, Nancy, you um, did a um, online training, a mm-hmm. training for all of the migrant uh, staff. So the teachers or directors, the area managers, all of the the team that supports directly um, families. So um, we all got books and we were able to have uh, more than 
than just a few so that we can have available to be able to provide and, and offer this support to um, the families that might be experiencing. So the partnership just became such a tremendous um, way to support families and, and provide those services that are needed. Um, you know, sometimes the stars just align and with this horrible pandemic that, that our that our world has just experienced, having a book that can help children understand, um, having a book that is in the language that is mostly used and needed in our community, in our Hispanic community, is such a a, a, a wonderful resource to be able to have these conversations with children. Um that's lovely. That's fantastic. And we're going to take a break um, and we're going to then come back to, because I want to hear when you were using the book, what was what was the feedback that you were getting both from the adults and the children? And we'll be back in just a moment or two. Over to you, Kim. Thank you, Chris. Support for KCBX comes from Slow Botanical Gardens, presenting Art in the Garden, November 5th and 6th, featuring works of over 35 artists on display and for sale, including glasswork, paintings, poetry, succulent arrangements, and more. Tickets are at slowbg.org. All right, here's your buzzword of the day, quantum computing. Quantum computing, you know, has turned into a word that venture capitalists or, you know, people seeking government funding will just sprinkle on anything because it sounds good. I'm Kai Rizdal, Quantum Queries, next time on Marketplace. Marketplace comes your way this afternoon at 4 o'clock right here on KCBX. Support for KCBX also comes from UCSB Arts and Lectures, presenting global political risk expert Ian Bremer on November 10th at the Granada Theater in Santa Barbara. Tickets are at art and lectures at ucsb.edu. KCBX time is 1.30. A North Carolina woman recalls a difficult pregnancy made harder by the state's abortion laws. A new series called Days and Weeks about lives changed in the post-Roe era. This afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. All Things Considered comes your way at 4.30 this afternoon right here on KCBX. Time now to head back to Central Coast Voices. Here's Chris Kingston Barker. Thank you, Kim. And I want to welcome back my guest, Nancy Ballinger, retired marriage and family therapist and published author of Two Brave Cups, Finding Help When Children Grieve, and Orchidia Frasto, family care manager for Capslow. And we were talking about the use of the Two Braves Cubs book for Capslow. And Orchidia, you were talking about having used it. And I think people, because, um, because Capslow's acronym is associated with San Luis Obispo County, I don't think that a lot, sometimes people know it's not limited to this county, right? So, Capslow actually extends how far? That's a great point. Thank you, Chris. Um, yes, we we serve families um, in ten different counties. Um, we have families in San Diego, 
County, um, Orange County, Ventura, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, Monterey County, um, San Joaquin County, Fresno County, Kern County. <laughs> so we are, um, we do spread quite a bit, um, which really gives us an opportunity to, to help more families um, out in the communities and in different communities. So we're always looking to partner with um, community, or, you know, different community organizations in the counties to support our children and families that, that we serve. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, we have um, funding through the Office of Head Start um, to serve children. So we have funding for uh, three program options. We have the center-based program option where children go to an actual school, a building. Um, and we have the family child care program option where we contract with small uh, business owners that provide care out of their home. And then we have the home base program option that um, a, 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 a professional, a capsule team member goes into the children's homes and provides one-on-one -on -one support to the parents um, in the development of their children. So this is all through Head Start funds um, that allow us to really tap into these communities and provide services and support for them. Um, and we're comprehensive programs. So we're providing support in all aspects. We strongly believe that a, a healthy family, you know, um, ha is, is the best place for children and provides the best, um, the best environment for children. So we are looking for under, you know, we support families with health, disabilities, nutrition, um, mental health, um, parent involvement is a great aspect or a, a great component of the services that we provide as Head Start, um, as, a, as, a, as a Head Start recipient. So we're really looking at a holistic, you know, way to provide mm -hmm. services to family. It's not just you go to the, the school and then it's just care, child care. Right. It's really how can we help the whole family, um, knowing all the obstacles and the adversities that um, come with just just having a family and now with um, inflation and the hardships that's coming after COVID and um, just all the political arena also surrounding um, uh, families that immigrate from other countries to work in the United States. There's a lot of different moving parts that go with um, migrant families or families of low income um, that need need support. So bringing in a resource this, such as this one um, with two brave cubs um, really opens the door to having intentional conversations with our, our team Mm -hmm. um, with our parents and obviously for the well-being of the child that both our team and our parents are working, you know, to support. So, In, in um, using the book with adults, was part of the conversation how to identify grieving in children and how to approach that? And can you speak a little bit about that? Nancy? Orkidi and I co-led the two uh, presentations that we did, which was just lovely because um, we were, I was able to say it in English and then she was able to make it not only translated, but uh, relevant to the participants. Mm -hmm. and so we, we had a 
a very soulful, funful uh, adventure sharing with with people. Um, tearful, huh? Tearful. Yes, There's a lot of tearing in that room. Oh, tearful! Oh my gosh, we were we were crying. They were crying. Oh, because <laughs> it's just so touching. Because people's hearts just open, open yeah. up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, did I say fun? It was also fun. Yeah. Yeah. What was your question, Chris? <laughs> Let me just add this, Nancy. Yeah. I think the beautiful thing about the training that we had or the conference mm-hmm. that we had is that. We had a conversation of something very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The way the Hispanic community sees sees the loss of someone, it, it can be different, right? We have a different way of um, of experiencing grief, but so it was a very difficult topic. But at the same time, it was hopeful. It was there's Nancy's, you know, there's, there's, you can be an elephant, you can be an elephant to a family that's experiencing this to a loved one. How can you come in and just say, you know what, let me connect you with someone that can help you and you can be that point of contact and completely change the outcome of, of this situation for a child or a family that's going through it. So if if we contract with 150 childcare providers that were in, in the conference and they all have an average of 10 children, how many children are these? How many families are these? So it's really, really expanded this to a way that we can share this information to a lot of, a lot of little hearts and a lot of families that are in need. So, um, yeah. And I love, I love that you took, um, an approach cause it sounds like the original, the original approach to death was despair and to be able to channel that toward hope has got to feel like something massive lifting for all people in the room for certainly for adults who it's it's painful enough to grieve yourself but to watch a small person a, a little one you know a kiddo suffer and then feel disempowered from being able to do anything about it is even further despair um yeah, Nancy. Could I, I'd like to read, I decided on this today. I'd like to read the first page of the book. Okay. And the last page of the book and talk uh, a little bit about that. Okay. So, so the story begins with a problem. On the very first page, we see two lion cubs and they're on the African savanna. And they're just there looking, looking lonely and alone. And it begins, once upon a time, two lion cubs lived on the African savanna with their parents. Tosh and Sasha were brave cubs and had learned to take care of themselves and each other. Yet, they thought no one loved them. And the next page says, sometimes they were hungry and could hear their stomachs growl. Sasha would look for their mother crying. Mama, we need to eat. But their mother lay sick and sleeping 
on a bed of grass. And so at the beginning, it's already uh, clear that, that life has been hard for these little cubs. They've had to learn how to take care of themselves and they've had to be very parentified. Yeah. And hopefully other, and that happens in, in homes often, but when there's sickness, whether whatever type of illness it is, the children, again, kind of sometimes get put aside. Then the last page after, um, so, so that's the first page. And then later on in the book, the papa tells them that their mama had died from the sickness she had since they were born. And so again, maybe mama has um, been unavailable through this time. Then the family finds help from a caring elephant who is just that loving adult who steps in and helps the children and helps the parent. And then finally, the last page is, and it's important in children's books for children to feel empowered and like they they were the heroes and they came up with a solution, not the adults fixed everything for them. So the last page is a gentle breeze off the river ruffled Sasha and Tasha's fur. The cubs felt hope in their hearts. Hmm. They knew they had been very brave, that they were lovable and loved and were no longer alone. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what was, Orchidia, what, or Nancy, what was the response from people sharing that book with children after they had gone through the training? Did you get feedback from them about how it was, how it felt for them to use it and how it was received by the kids? Um, I, I know I did. Um, it We were able to get little props to go with the book. We were able to get two little um, cubs and oh. a dad cub. And um, I dropped the ball. I should have got the elephant, but it's not me, Nancy. Um, but it was it was discussed during the trainings the importance of how you present a book like this to children. It can be something very difficult um, for a child if the child is um, not introduced to it with a lot of love and a lot of care, a lot of sympathy or empathy, um, and and in just a caring way. So we talked about how when, how and when do you introduce a book like this to them? Right. When is it necessary? I um, We experienced a situation where a family was actually going, the, the dad had been deported. So the mom was able to get this book. The provider in this case, it was a family childcare provider, she shared this book with a parent, said, hey, I've been reading this. I'm going to give you a copy in Spanish. You can take it home. You can read it. But this is the way that I have adapted the book to fit our situation. So children, um, you know, in, in, in the story that or the page that Nancy just read, the children were experienced hunger. Um, in this situation, the children had not experienced hunger, but they experienced the loss of their their dad. So 
just the story and how the story changed to be adapted to fit the child's in the ch- so the child can rationalize what was happening mm-hmm. um, was very powerful. Um, I think I got a couple of pictures, and I'm sorry, Nancy, if I haven't sent this to you, of like just a child walking around with the book in the family. And, and it, it brings this connection and it brings this way of understanding what may be happening, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and again, we go back to as adults, we've experienced more things. We can rationalize, we can um, internalize things that are happening. We can self um, um and it self-soothe ourselves? Yes, it's um, self, not control. We can um, regulate. Thank you. <laughs> we can self-regulate, right? Yeah. We, we can have these feelings of maybe um, guilt. And then we can say, oh, gosh, that's a horrible feeling. No, I'm not going to take it that way because we have the tools. But when children, they don't understand, especially in the book, I think there's a, a section that says, did I? I make mommy go away, you know? Mm -hmm. So we go back to this, to this thought of, wait, maybe dad was mad at me. And then that's why he was deported. Or maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe I stood up in the car and the police officer came and that's why he was, you know, you have all of these um, ideas that come into children's minds and they, to try to understand or make sense of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that just makes it very difficult. And I really want to touch point on families that um, get separated also from um, um, just just being away from the mom and dad because it is not a healthy environment. And um, they put into a foster care system, right. things like that. And that, again, brings all of these emotions and difficulties. And the important it is for as adults and especially in community-based organizations to provide children with stability. And if they are already going to a school that they continue going to that school, if they're getting care from a family child care provider, that they continue to go to that provider because it, it's it's creating consistency in their lives that already have been altered um, so significantly. So um, our families are going through so much and as as people who do this work of social work and empowerment, it's so important for us to be able to have the tools to support them in in, in as many ways as possible. Oh, absolutely. I'm Chris King to Barker with you for Center Coast Voices on KCBX Public Radio, your listener-supported radio station. If you recently joined us for today's show and want to listen to the entire broadcast, you can. It's available or will be shortly after we finish today's show on our website at www.kcbx.org under the On Demand tab. Click on Center Coast Voices and you'll find the show and many other past shows to choose from. Nancy Ballinger, retired marriage and family therapist and published author of Two Brave Cubs, Finding Help When Children Grieve, is one of my guests today. And along with her is Orcadia Frasto. She is the family care manager for Community Action Partnership of San Luis Obispo. And um, we were talking about 
how the book has been used by Capslow in training adults to um, help with uh, explaining to children and talking with children about their grief. And Orchidia, what age children are we talking about that this book is being used with right now? Orchidia, you're on mute. There you go. There you go. Um, that's that's a great question. Capsler serves children from zero to five years old. So we serve children right before they go into the school, um, the, the, the school system, right before kindergarten. Um, center base serves children from zero to five. Home base does the same. And so does family child care. So um, I think, again, this book is going to be adapted to the developmental stage of the child. So you can have a five-year-old who is ready to go to kindergarten and this book is gonna be presented to this five-year-old a lot different than it would be presented to a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just, just to individualize wherever the, the child developmental age is and how, um, n- so not only do you adapt it depending on the situation, I think, um, like Nancy had mentioned earlier, and um, tell the story to meet the needs of the child, you're going to also do that depending on the age of the child. So. Yeah. Nancy, with with children as young as this, um, I have to recall that with my daughter, when she would read a book and it would touch her heart, we would read the book again and again and again, and then I would no longer read the book. She would read the book, and it would become her story. Is that the way that this evolves as well? It may evolve that way. Um, hopefully, hopefully that will happen, that this will be a source of healing throughout their lifetime, because that's another thing about children's loss is they're going to revisit their loss over and over and over when they graduate high school, when they get married, when they, in eighth grade, get best student award and their dad had always encouraged them to be the best, you know. So it, it can grow through the years and that that's the hope. The other thing that I found out, and it shouldn't surprise me, but that adults love this book who have had a loss in, in their life as children Mm. And they find, so it's been given to many adults as gifts and even teenagers because it's so beautifully illustrated. It's not illustrated so much like a children's book. The uh, artist, Marcy Adams, is a wonderful. She's a wonderful artist. Right, yeah. right. And so yeah. that's reflected in the pictures. Um, one thing I want to be sure to say before we close, if I could jump in on it, is I want to really talk about our website. Yes. And our website has got all kinds of resources on it. It talks about children's grief. I handpicked different websites. There are wonderful resources now available for parents and for children. Sesame Street's got things for grieving children. They're in Spanish as well as English. So if you're an educator or a parent or a therapist or any adult that would like more information, you can go to twobravecubs.com and go to resources 
And there are, there's a starting point there. I've picked out like four or five to start with rather than having to search and search for something. So that's one thing. Uh, the stories are read in English and Spanish on the homepage, on the very front page. And so that's another resource for, um, you know, for parents and adults and teachers and counselors. And the other thing that has happened since last we spoke is we became a nonprofit organization. Because as I said, none of this money is going to, to any of us. We're uh, putting together an organization where we can continue to make books available um, to, to everybody and anybody. And people have asked about making donations and people have made donations, but now they can be um, a tax write-off if people would like to make donations. So um, going to our website, twobravecubs.com, then also you could go to my email, which is twobravecubs, and so it's all lowercase, twobravecubs at gmail.com, and you can contact me or I could put you in touch with Marcy, who's helping work on this. So that's just happened within the past month that we've pulled that off to become a nonprofit. So that's uh, very exciting. So we can open it up more. If there are other programs that uh, were interested or schools and mm-hmm. say there's a PTA organization that's mm-hmm. interested and, mm-hmm. and we know that sometimes in classrooms, there can be a tragedy that happens for one child and, and that gives license to an opportunity mm-hmm. To be able to share information about grieving mm-hmm. with a whole classroom right, of right. children. So if if people were interested, um, mm-hmm. they could contact you through they Two sh- Brave Clubs. They sure could. And yeah. we also have hospices. We have, you know, I was the children's bereavement counselor at hospice for many years. You hospice were, I know. Yeah. yeah, put together the children's program. And... Um, and so this might also be something that you might talk to the hospices about, about having children's grief bereavement programs in their hospices, or if they have yeah. one or um, yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And Orchidia, if uh, someone was interested in finding a way to bring the group you know, to bring the book to their to their church, to their community, to their school. Um, how would they? Could they call you or Capslow for a reference in terms of how it worked, or Nancy? It's probably more me. More you, right, okay? Orchidia is going, yeah. Yeah, and, and Nancy and I are looking forward to doing trainings. Yes. So um, I, you know, in in I I can come alongside of her and do it in Spanish <laughs> as well. I love yes. it. Yeah. So we want to make plan. as many people as we reach as many people as we can. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we have just a few minutes. So, um, or, or Kitty, I want to go back to you and see if there's anything else you want to share about, you know, how, what, feedback have you received from some of the little some of the littles in you know do you have how that's been you know how that's been expressed yeah I think um going back to the story that I said a few a few minutes ago of how this child was just walking around with this book 
um, you know, around around the family child care provider's home. And um, mm-hmm. he, he really felt attached to it. Um, one of the things, I have a 15-year-old, and she, when I came home from one of the conferences, Nancy, I haven't shared this, she read the book and thought, wow, mom, this is a sad story. And we talked about it. And when you when you talked about older children, Nancy, um, we talked about it. So mm-hmm. it's a story that really needs to be talked to with an adult that has the skills and the right words to describe what's happening because it is a very sad story. But mm-hmm. it's a story that is very, unfortunately, extremely relevant to the families that we serve in our communities. So... Um, that 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 again it's it's just being it, it's about being a community it's that that wise old saying it takes a community to raise a child did i say that right mm-hmm. yep. yeah. <laughs> is that the right yeah um and it or it takes a village right it takes mm-hmm. a village yeah. to raise a child but it really is about being together finding support with each other to provide the best experiences to the children that we serve. And I I love the fact that you're educating the adults and the children because that is so important. Nancy, we got just a moment. Go ahead. Yeah, and so that's why I appreciate you asking about PTAs and schools and organizations Mm -hmm. um, educating the adults because it's not a book you buy and hand to a child. And say, read it. Yeah. It's, it's an adult, it's a book for adults to read and to uh, digest and share with children. And so and I think, engage. And engage. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, again, Orchidia and I have big plans. I, I <laughs> love your big plans. And I want to thank my guests today Nancy Ballinger, retired marriage and family therapist and published author of Two Brave Cubs. Finding Help When Children Grieve. It is a beautifully illustrated children's book about grief and also available in Spanish. And Nancy, the website again for you? TwoBraveCubs.com. Excellent. Thank you. And Orchidia Fausto, Family Care Manager for Community Action Partnership of San Luis Obispo. And next week, we will... um, ask you to please join host Mario Espinosa Kulik as he visits the with guests from San Luis Obispo Tobacco uh, Control Program. Central Coast Voices has been sponsored by Action for Healthy Communities and the San Luis Obispo Community Foundation um, in collaboration with KCBX and I'm Chris Kington Barker with you for us today. Thank you for joining. Thank you so much for having us. My pleasure. Thank you. to Central Coast Voices with Chris Kington Barker. Coming up next, Latino USA. Support for KCBX comes from Ultrex, a Central Coast copier company. Ultrex owner Grant Berkerfeld is a supporter of KCBX who invites you to call him for all your copier needs at 805-783-1234. Learn more at ultrex.net.